what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself. Please give it up for International Ian Lamont Morgan. We are back like we never left. What's going on? And here in the capital city, it's your boy. They call him Mike Woodson because he's not your first choice. It's probably the best choice. It's your boy Malcolm Morgan. Another two and one special holding it down. Ian, how are we doing today? Oh, we're doing amazing. We are in the thick of things. Playoffs coming, draft upcoming. I don't care how far away it is. And uh and we're final four and out, out in these streets. Yeah, man. You know what? We would have led off the show with uh the big NFL trade. But instead, we're going to talk about all of the trades that happened in the NBA <laughs> for the trade deadline. A lot of a lot of trades, a lot of buyout moves. Um, the big deal, I guess one of the big active teams was the Miami Heat, uh, trading for Victor Oladipo and Nemanja Bialica. Um, and then if you look at those deals, the, the Heat only had to give up Kelly Olenek and Mo Harkless. Harkness, Harkless, yeah. For um for Oladipo and um oh, excuse me I got the deals mixed up it was Heartless and B- and uh Silva for Bielitsa and then Olenek Bradley in a twenty in a twenty twenty first round pick swap for Oladipo um so I want to talk about we're gonna pivot a little bit to the to the Houston Harden deal and look at that again. But what does this do for Miami? You know, they've they got off to a slow start. They're starting to get get healthy. They had COVID issues. Um, what does adding Bielitsa and and Victor do for them? And does it does it really change a whole lot? Um, I I, I definitely think that he Bielitsa adds more. Um, I mean, they that stretch shooting now. Lena uh, Kelly Kelly Olenek is a he's a shooter. You know, he he definitely. Um, fills in a lot, um, but you upgrade at that position, really. Yeah. Um, and Victor Oladipo, I mean, you're, you're talking the number one option in, um, in, in a lot of different teams' uh, offense. But in this case, it's just a wealth of riches, um, mm-hmm. which is the name of the game in the NBA today. Um, to have options of Jimmy Butler, to have Tyler Hero, to have Bam Adebayo, um, is cool to have those shooters that are on that squad is is great it's necessary but to have that support scoring um a guy that can go out there and get you 25 30 mm-hmm. any given night um, um and it's just a bucket on his own uh, as far as shot creating and, and not needing to feed off of somebody else's facilitation it takes weight off of jimmy's shoulders um it gives that 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 perimeter scoring another another added um, another added wrinkle and just gives defenses another thing to have to worry about. If he can buy into that culture of um, of defense and that hard-nosed minded play on both sides of the floor, um, I definitely think it makes them more versatile than some other teams that are making splashes with a bunch of big name additions. So uh, no, this, this definitely solidifies them as a contender in the East. Yeah. I mean, I, Victor Oladipo and Jimmy Butler is, is you know, just a great, a great one-two punch. And that's something that, you know, Jimmy was missing, especially in the finals last year. Um, mm-hmm. After Goran went down, they really didn't have another facilitator of offense. But, 
you bring in a guy like like Vo who can get a bucket, a uh, three level score, um, and I think still can be a, a top level defensive player, um, yeah. especially in this Miami system. You now have another guy on the perimeter who could defend. I really like how they match up with with uh, the Nets potentially in a, in a playoff scenario. They've got a big and Bam, um, who the Nets will have a hard time matching up with. Um, all of the shooting that they have, and then you add to that um, Victor Oladipo. I mean, they could put lineups on the floor with Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nemanja Bialica, um, you know, Bam, and pick a pick a Oladipo or or Butler. Jeez. That's nuts. <laughs> And that's and they don't lose a lot of they still gotta get rebounding with Bam. They're still gonna get rebounded with combination of VO or or Butler. Um so I, I really love the versatility this gives them. And it like you said, it, it takes a, a lot of that scoring burden off of Jimmy and he can kind of feel out those moments. And we've seen it. He's he's great in the fourth quarter. And a lot of times he'll kind of feel his way through. And adding a guy like Victor gives you another option. And I, I love this pickup. And it didn't it really didn't cost them much at all. I mean, no. Ke- Kelly Olenek was kind of in the rotation, not really. Mo Harkins was not in the rotation at all. Silva was a young guy that they liked, but he wasn't in the rotation. And then Avery Bradley has barely Avengers. played this year. Yeah. Um, so and then I let's talk about this Houston trade so that <laughs> they, they made for James Harden. So Victor Lodipo was a big thing they got in this deal. Um and I think when we when we saw the trade, it didn't make sense why they brought him in unless they were going to trade him again. And so we kind of, you know, saw this coming. Uh, but I also think we expected them to get more because if you look at this this trade, all they got out of it really <laughs> was um, some first round picks. I don't understand this pick swap with with the Miami Heat. It's, it's complex. Not, <laughs> the heat, the heat's pick isn't going to be better than yours. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's all they, them giving more currency to Miami, which right. is strange. If you guys just want our pick, whatever. Yeah, I mean, hey. um, and then, uh, and you could have had a Karis Levert mm-hmm. and or a Jared Allen, which were younger assets. Yep. Um more, you know, arguably more talented and, and give you a little bit better fit. But I just don't understand what the strategy was when you could have gotten a better deal probably from Philly or somewhere else. I, it just makes that deal look even worse now. I think the approach is be so bad at this that it forces <laughs> Daryl Morey to quit his current job and come back. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it really didn't. No, at no point along the way has it made sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing, and so I'm I'm waiting for some revelation as far as why it is that they why why would you choose an off injury um, Victor Oladipo over now? Yeah, Karis LeVert had some question marks at the time, so I think that should be considered. Uh, you know, you're talking about cancer, whether or not he. Well, that wasn't until after they didn't find that out till after the trade that he went out. Well, they didn't find out about the cancer until after because they did a they did a physical after the trade. The new team. You're right. You're right. You're right. But he was already sitting out with the Nets. He uh, was he recovering from something else, right? He might have. No, I think Dinwiddie was one that was hurt that time. I don't think it was him. Ah, uh, well, sorry, Houston. But he has really had he has had injury issues in the past, though. Tried to get you a layup there. Uh, no, <laughs> I, honestly, I, it, there's no there's no way you could put this where it makes 
it makes logical sense to understand why they would uh, proceed the way that they did. And then for them to, I mean, there were a couple other teams who were shopping guys and could not get the haul that they wanted mm. and ended up, you know, uh, standing pat. So, um, yeah, I, I guess this was this was the best that they they could do, uh, which just says a lot about you got to have you got to have uh, what is it uh, a certain amount of currency uh, to be able to wheel and deal with these NBA teams. I think it's in the fans' mind, it's just a given. Yeah. Uh, that you'll be able to, you know, just 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 pawn a guy off and get a major haul back, but you have to have uh, a sense of finesse. You got to have the connections, and you got to have, you know, the buying power and and the reputation. And so I, I think Houston's just lacking someone in, in the driver's seat that can really, really make sure that they're getting the value that they need. Because for them to have lost James Harden <laughs> and been a revolving door uh, for some of these names that really should have landed them and at least put them in better position moving forward. It's really sad. And what, did, and it, you know, what is the cornerstone piece? John Wall. Of, of the no. Well, that was the, that was the Westbrook deal. <laughs> they got more for Russell Westbrook than they did for James Harden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I got you. I was, I thought you were saying, you know, what are they trying to build around now? What's left? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, this is clearly a John Wall and Christian Wood are going to lead us into the future. I mean, and the future yeah. is not in the playoffs <laughs> at all. Um, another team that was a seller, surprisingly, but not unsurprising. I think people have been asking for this, whether you're an Orlando Magic fan or not, but the Orlando Magic were sellers. Yes. Um, trading Aaron Gordon, trading Nikola Vucevic, and and trading um, Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's kind of all the things they got back. They got back expiring contract in Otto Porter. They got back... Um, um, Gary Harris, guard from Denver, young guard RJ Hampton, who I really like coming out of the draft, um, Wendell Carter Jr., um, young talented center, three first round picks and two second round picks mm-hmm. um, for those three guys. Um, let's start with the with the Orlando side of things. How do you feel about their decision to kind of pivot um, away from these veterans? Uh. Again, this is how it's done. Um, you know, you you trade proven assets for young commodities and for uh, you know to be determined commodities. Um, they now have positioned themselves. Let's not forget Wendell Carter Jr. was was touted as one of the guys who were supposed to lead the Bulls mm-hmm. um, in that front court. Not a bad player by any stretch, um, but they are giving some more time to some of the front court guys that they have. Uh, trying to develop them a little bit further as well. So, you know, you start, you continue paving the way um, uh, for the for the young guys that you have. Uh, Gary Harris is is again a guy who was supposed to be a, a major, mm-hmm. and what you what you get is an opportunity to see if these guys who have fallen kind of into the shadow of the emerged stars, the 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 Vucev- um the um, Jokic. The mm-hmm. Jamal Murray's, um, so on and so forth. We talked about it before. Denver has kind of a log jam at guard, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if Gary Harris can emerge there uh, in, in Orlando, um, and if not, you know you still got draft capital to go ahead and move into the future. Um, and so I, I, I like what Orlando did. Uh, you see, it's not working. You kind of keep you. You hit your head up against this wall for mm-hmm. several years now, and so mm-hmm. you finally move on, but. But you get good value back for the guys, like you said, three first rounders, 
a couple second round picks as well. We'll see if they, you know, further maneuver those into a proven star once some of these younger guys emerge. Yeah, I mean, I I I like the decision. I mean, I think a lot of people were could have been frustrated with Orlando because they seem to be trying to do two things at once. They got Vucevic and Fournier and Gordon, who are more. Gordon's a little bit younger, but they're they're more a win now. We're ready to contend now, and this team has consistently been a seven eight seed or no playoff team. Um, and you know some of their best young players, when you look at Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, um, are are you know bringing in Cole Anthony this year as well. Um, they're younger guys that aren't quite ready to compete at that level yet, and so this team is well coached. They have a good. I think I believe their front office has a good philosophy. Um, and so this gives them a chance to really build out this roster now around some of these young guys. Um, I think one of the things this team has been a pretty good defensive team, but offensively hasn't quite had the fa- the firepower. And so I'm interested to see what kind of lineups they can put out there in the future when Markel Fultz is healthy, when um, when Cole Anthony is healthy, who's actually injured right now as well, and R.J. Hampton, three ball handling guards. Um, we all know this new NBA is is positionless, but um, how they use those guys and deploy those guys. Um, and I, I, I think this team is going to try to play a little more up-tempo. You know, Vucevic is a good center, but he's bigger, not quite the most mobile or nimble guy, but bringing a guy like Wendell Carter, potentially having a guy like Jonathan Isaac at the four um, as well, allows you to play smaller, faster, get more possessions, um, and, and hopefully not sacrifice too much defensively. So I like what they did. And they, and they got a first-round pick in this year's draft from Chicago, which it, it looks like it could potentially be um, a lottery pick. Um, I'm not super high on Chicago making the playoffs this year. So um, yeah. Orlando being able to pull that off with a guy, even as skilled as Vucevic is, as good as of a player he, as he is, he's an older player. Um, and, you know, Orlando – was able to get assets and that's that's a big thing in this in this league is being able to have players that you can either either flip for somebody else or turn into the cornerstone of whatever your next your next thing is um so here's the question of those three deals they made Vucevic to Chicago Fournier to Boston Gordon to Denver which move do you do you think makes the biggest impact um for those respective teams um because because I think it, it really has playoff implications, I think when Evan Fournier really settles into Boston, mm-hmm. um, that could be the added scoring punch that they needed um, mm-hmm. to really, you know, uh, yeah, to really get some get some support as far as lacks in the defense on uh, on what Kemba's trying to do or Tatum or Brown. Um, and I'll be honest. As of right now, Boston's window is 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 closing, yeah. uh, and it's strange to say as young as those guys are, and as good as those guys are. Uh, but Brad Stevens and Brad Stevens' window, you got to wonder. Mm. Um, as as highly touted as he is, he's not been able to get them back to what he did in year uh, in the first year when when those guys were you know were, mm-hmm. were balling and young and coming in hungry. Um, so if they can figure out, they still got to figure out their front court. You know, they lost out on Drummond and everything like that. But uh, Evan Fournier, I think uh, the shooting, again, uh, shooters and shot creators, um, they they just tend to, to make everything easier. So mm-hmm. Kemba's facilitating a little bit less 
Jason Tatum finds himself with a little bit more room. Uh, Jalen Brown finds himself with a couple more lanes to get to the bucket, which he loves to do. And um, and it just it, it makes everything flow. Again, he just has to buy in, has to fit in. He's had a rough debut, but I think he ultimately ends up um, uh, contributing the most. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the feeling that you beg to differ. Yeah, I'm not super. I mean, Fournier, in theory, I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, what he gives them as another potential ball handler, shooter. I mean, basically what he what he brings is offensive. But I've seen him struggle a lot in the playoffs in Orlando. And in Orlando, he really had the green light as the primary perimeter option, uh, but really struggled. And I, I'm not really sure what to make of that. And so I think that's left a bad taste in my mouth when it comes to Fournier. I'm not a huge yeah. Fournier fan. Um, actually, the, the Aaron Gordon-Denver move is really intriguing to me because of the lineups they can put out. With uh, with Jamal Murray, with Michael, excuse me, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola um, Jokic, um, I think he helps them a lot defensively. Um, maybe even a, a an upgrade over a Paul Millsap at this point of his career. Um, and then you know, Aaron Gordon is one of the great athletes in our game, as well as a guy who surprisingly shoots the ball pretty well from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that tough Western Conference, that gives you another guy who can create, who can score, do some things, not just on the inside, but on the perimeter. Um, and I just I like the versatility it gives Denver, even more versatility than they had before. Um, yeah. I think big question for them was re- replacing some of what Jeremy Grant does, and I think. Um, Aaron Gordon's an upgrade overall. Maybe not quite the defender Jeremy Grant is, yeah. but it's definitely an upgrade offensively. And I don't think you lose too much defensively with him out there. Um, and then, you know, what they were able to to get um, in that deal, you know, giving up Gary Gary Harris, who's been an injury-prone guy for them, um, you know, in the bubble, had a hard time staying on the court. Um, and then RJ Hampton, a young guy, like I said, I really liked. I was hoping the Knicks or the Nets would, would push up to get him in the draft when he started to fall. And then a 2025 first-round pick, far enough out that you don't super have to worry about that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, this team is still pretty young. This team will still be good then. But um, to be able to get an impact player like that and, and a guy who seems like he's been available for a while, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or I think I think Orlando got some good, some good young assets and then Denver got – a guy that I think will be able to help them in the playoffs. And shout out to Aaron Gordon. I think Denver was on his short list, and somehow that ended up happening. Um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious for him to even mention it, but hey, oh you gosh. know, Orlando must have felt obliged. I'll be looking for them to to run their Aaron Gordon video the next time <laughs> Denver comes to town so they can just pay tribute. Um, no, 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 and I do like that addition. I think, I don't know, I start to worry about it. Um, um, subtraction by by addition. Yeah. Um, because he is a guy that you know, if he if he wants to win, great. Um, Aaron Gordon has been shortchanged a little bit in his uh, <laughs> in his NBA journeys, and so hopefully he's not going for the shine because I think what they need is somebody who's who's able to do the dirty work, uh, but still have those scoring opportunities and, mm-hmm. and moments to you know to be highlighted. But he's not going there to be an offensive option in my eyes per se yeah he's definitely i mean murray and Jokic are the clear number one yeah yeah yeah. i think if if he goes in there expecting something different he is very delusional yeah yeah Um, it's gonna be fun yeah it's it's definitely gonna be fun i think there are a lot of different trades that have huge implications for how these teams play and i Mm -hmm. I think 
for the most part, if you're not the Houston Rockets, you um you you got to be pretty happy with the way that these uh that these these trades have impacted um a really really intriguing postseason that's upcoming. Yeah, um, a couple other smaller moves: George Hill to the Sixers in a three-team trade with a bunch of players I don't even want to talk about. Um, <laughs> half of half of them were released after the trade anyway. <laughs> Including, can we talk about? Here's 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 what we'll talk about. Austin Rivers, you gotta be like, look, Dad, really? Because you know what happened was, uh, Philly and New York were talking, and they're like, all right, so, um, we're gonna send Austin to New York, or to, to Philly, and Doc's like, uh, uh let's uh, Daryl, let's let's go ahead and move him. Uh, OKC. No, your son, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it'd be better for him if he was in OKC. (laughs) Listen. Listen. I'd be like, Dad, really? Austin must have borrowed the car and and nicked it or something like that. A little paint job. But but you know what you need. I mean, and I I can appreciate being like, we we don't need that. We, We good. Um, I don't well, know. I mean, George Hill is, is just too battle tested. I think to pass to pass up on so <laughs> that was the price, you know, to get him. Uh, <laughs> and I hope Austin enjoys those Oklahoma nights. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It'd be fun. I, I wish this was like closer to a holiday, so it's like Christmas or Thanksgiving. They're sitting around the table. What's everybody thankful for? You know, it's like oh, Doc's like thankful for my team. You know, fact like we got a really. Solid group. We can get out of the East. Austin, man, uh, I know it's been a rough. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, it's rough. I'm trying to stick around in the league. I just don't know what to do. He's like, man, you know, you got to earn it. You got to work for it. Like, yeah, yeah, man, if only I had a dad or somebody that could help me, you know, had a roster spot or something, or I don't know, could, tr- could have traded for me, dad, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be like, well, you know, son, uh, opportunity knocks if you just continue <laughs> to work hard. and uh, You never know. It, there's a father out there for you. Uh, you know your you know your brother in law's in Dallas. Maybe you could talk to him. <laughs> Mark Cuban's a great guy. You just uh... Uh, so yeah, that was one of the one of the deals, um, side deals. Your boy, Ray John Rondo back in LA, got traded to the yeah, Clippers man. in a in a deal that we talked about offline that I I don't understand how the the Hawks got two second round picks from from the Clippers out of that. I don't I don't understand it. I've tr- I tried to make sense of it and I just can't. A sneaky you go ahead. I, I feel like people just toss second round picks like garnishes on food. And it's like, no, I mean, it's still a pick. Like that's a right. person. Right. I, I, I have no idea <laughs> what the what the mindset was behind that. But I mean, you know, I don't know. Rajon Rondo is uh I mean <laughs> If he wasn't the greatest facilitator, you said the phrase earlier in, in the show. If he, I, I mean, did, I said it, and about, I knew, I knew that, yeah. I knew it was going. When come you up say, again. when you think of facilitators of offense, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come, come on, guys. But I think, I think the Clippers were just desperate. Maybe that's what that's built up. I guess. Here, okay, we've done this. We keep doing this Ray John Rondo thing, and I don't dislike Ray John Rondo, but, <laughs> okay. but here's the thing. Which Razor are you going to get the one that showed up in Dallas or in Sacramento? Are you going to get the one that showed up in LA last year? We don't, or the one that was, that's been here this whole year in Atlanta. Which one are we getting? You can if, get Ray John Rondo in a James Harden fat suit right now. It does not matter. As soon as the playoffs start, 
he is going to transform into Super Saiyan Rajon Rondo. He, see, he did when he was in Dallas. He didn't transform. There was the climate wasn't right. You know, there was there's a lot of different factors at play. Um, pillaging in the streets, there was plenty going on. But All what right, I'm wait, saying is, wait till the first time Paul George shrug off Rajon Rondo's play. No, no, just give me the ball. Just give me the ball. Yeah. No. Uh, somebody tell Paul George not to pull. <laughs> Don't make any of those post game comments. That he, please to God, do not do that, or you're gonna get Chicago Rondo. This <laughs> is gonna be a whole other, whole other situation. But yeah, no, nah, I mean they're going to win because he's going to. He's going now. Nah, he's got to get healthy. Yeah, but that's a whole other thing. In the first practice with him and Pat Bev looking at each other, I, I want to be there for that as well. <laughs> Can't wait for that first hard foul. You Guys see Rondo's, Rondo's brother just <laughs> running run to the court. Here's what's going to happen. That first practice, everybody's going to be like, I don't want to be on neither one of these teams because i got to play against either one of those guys. And I don't like yeah. either one of those guys. Yeah. they both annoying in practice. <laughs> but there's value in that on, on the court. There when is. The, when a guy comes into the game and your mind is like, man, I can't stand him. They've already gotten the first layer of advantage over you. As long as one of them is not OG Bobby Portis. Please don't be says, Bobby Portis. When he says he doesn't like you, it's not going to be a little conversation. Listen, make sure your metal detectors work. <laughs> Where is he in Milwaukee? When Milwaukee comes to town, make sure. Mm. Okay, here's my here's my sneaky trade that I've the more I've thought about, the more interested I am. Norman Powell to Portland for Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot the other guy already. He's probably really important. Rodney Hood. Oh, Rodney Hood. Yeah. Where the hood at? Um, <laughs> this is an interesting trade for me. Norman Powell has, even in this rough year for Toronto, has turned himself into a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing with him was just the contract. Are they going to be able to pay him? It, and it, I think they were pretty clear in saying they didn't want to pay him. So, um I, I kind of like this for Portland. They get a third guy who can get his own shot. Um, I mean, the funny the funny thing that happened was a couple days ago they they or yeah a couple days ago Portland and Toronto played each other. Um, so uh, and then when they went you know did the thing at center court, Norma Powell accidentally went to the Toronto side of the circle. <laughs> Then had to run back over. <laughs> Yo, seeing these guys get turned around right after trades and free agent signings is hilarious, man. Well, that's what, like the your first game post trade is your former you're playing against your former team. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blake Griffin <laughs> cheering for uh, cheering for a Detroit bucket. <laughs> you see, him start to clap and he, uh, <laughs> oh, My bad, my bad. <laughs> you sit down on the bench, ah, oh, coach. When you think I'm right. getting in, who are you? Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong side, Blake. Um, um, but but I kind of like this pickup for for Portland, getting another guy that could help CJ and Dame on the score. I mean, that's been the big thing for them, having another guy that can create baskets for them. Yeah. Um, and he's a really good spot-up shooter. Yep. And then for Toronto, they got a Gary Trent, who's, once again, Portland was going to have the issue of whether we're going to pay him. Is he worth what he's going to cost for us, especially – all the guards that they have in Portland. Um, but he's been a great shooter and scorer for Portland. And Toronto needs another guy that can score. Um, and, you know, Rodney Hood is, you know, Rodney Hood. We talk ourselves into Rodney Hood every year. Oh, he's a wing. Oh, he can score. He can defend. He can handle. And not nothing bad about Rodney Hood, but he's just Rodney Hood at this he's point. Just Rodney. <laughs> yeah. He's he like is what he sounds like. 
yeah, he's he's be- slowly becoming the Jeff Green of the NBA. Like we kind of talk our way into, oh, he can help this team. Yeah. Oh, he can kind of do yeah. some stuff. He can. He can. Hey, Rodney's gonna go out there. He, he's <laughs> gonna. He's gonna Rodney. If anything, um, he had that one surge after he um, after he got to Portland, um, and then he, he got, and then he got deep. hurt right after. And then he got hurt. Right. 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 Um, yeah. I. I you, you you if you expect anything more than a solid <laughs> nine point four point average average from uh, Rodney Hood, then I think you're delusional. Gary Trent, I think there's a reason he gets traded. He's he is wildly inefficient. Mm. Uh, but uh but I mean, yeah, sure, a cool pickup, I guess. But um no, I there's a reason that Portland is is I think they're gonna do wonders with Norman Powell instead. Uh, well, my, I think my my surprise pick is is I I went back and forth between JaVale McGee to the Nuggets, um, and I and I really do think he's gonna bring some some interesting value to that team. But uh, JJ Redick to the Mavs, which is mm. under the I radar. hope he's healthy. I hope he's yeah, healthy. Yeah, same here. Because um, that that really does change some things as far as they go. I mean, and they got a couple shooters already, but they don't have a JJ Redick. They don't. Here's the funny thing about Javale McGee. So we we get fooled in the regular season. Like, like even like you remember when he went back to Golden State or when we went to Golden mm-hmm. State, they're like, look, they're turning him into a guy who can really help a team. <laughs> and then the finals come around and Javale McGee starts the first two minutes of the game and then we don't see him again. Then he goes to to L.A. Oh, Javale, he brings something. It's good. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Didn't and then after the Houston series, basically was out of the rotation. Completely. Yeah, but that's the allure. It's, it's smoke and mirrors, you know. We 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 give you a glimpse of them, and then you start, you know, you start wondering, or how are we gonna, how will we ever overcome this this mountain of a man? <laughs> and, then, and then we just barely play him, you know. You you wasted forty minutes in practice thinking about rim protection. Speaking of Denver, I just saw some highlights of Manute Bowl. Point, first of all, Point Bowl. Uh, we changed his name to Point Bowl. Bringing up the ball for the Denver Nuggets isn't. It's in garbage minutes. It's not anything. And he's doing James Harden step backs. I was like, Bobo, you out here? Um, uh, yeah, he's out here hitting shimmies. You know, right stick step backs from two K. It was. Um, it is the yeah. weirdest looking thing I've really ever seen. It was A super seven fluid, th- bro. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he was like, he was nothing but net. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. there's two things that happen. First of all, I'm like, he's going to break a leg or something doing that. <laughs> like, just, it just like it's just going to snap at any minute. You're like, ooh. <laughs> That's the tough thing about watching it. I'm like, I don't want to be waiting on this, but I, I kind of am. And I hope, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need to get him on the, I don't know, the Dwight ha- Howard regimen. Just get him some muscle because he look, just looks scary thin. But it was it was wet though. It almost it was the, it was Kevin Durant looking. It was weird, like was weird, weird Kevin Durant, like yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant of your nightmares, kind of <laughs> like like he's just like so tall and so skinny. You're like so oh long. yeah yeah. Like even I don't even I don't even know how do you react to that guarding him. Like I can't you can't block a seven foot three guy shot. Like whatever I don't. And then and, the other thing is how what how is he not playing somewhere? <laughs> That's the weird part. A guy what are they that going could, with Bobo. Ball ball? I mean, it's it's and like even in the bubble, like they were when they were down Jamal Murray, they were down Gary Harris, they were down Will Barton, and I don't even think they had another another guard. They had Bobo Bo doing point guard stuff, and yeah. we're just like, yeah, that's what we're gonna do. 
And it was fine. I mean, <laughs> it was definitely entertaining, if anything. But now, now I, don't, kind of... I don't want I, that. Would have been a complete dumpster fire against a good team. You know, the the Lakers, and they're oh, bringing absolutely. out Bobo, <laughs> bringing up the ball. Can you imagine what Dennis Schroeder would do? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Bobo trying to pick him up full court. Bobo oh. switching out on Dennis Schroeder, and he tumbles oh. completely to the ground. This is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. so anyway, crazy. that's our Bobo segment. I was, uh, I was just, I watched these highlights and I'm just like, man, this guy is super skilled, but this is the weirdest looking thing from a seven foot three. I mean, I know Charles Barkley and Shaq are rolling over in their grave. Just <laughs> See, get in the post. You need to get in the post. Right, get in right, the post. Right. But um, I guess that's the thing. You can't put them in the post currently. So I don't know absolutely if the whole not. is building up muscle or what, but it is right. kind of weird to see that they're just kind of not using them. Yeah, um, and he was a part of any of these deals. Nobody like yeah. pushed to get him in part of it. So, oh, you, you kind of learn what teams what teams value and what they don't um, in these kind of situations. But it's kind of interesting looking at him, Taco Fall, Mo Bamba, and it's like, was it all for nothing? Everyone, are we done? It's not. It's not a great look for uh, centers of African descent in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then buyout news. Um, Lakers, big news, adding Andre Drummond, who somehow the Cavaliers were not able to get any value for, but they were able to get something for JaVale McGee. That's something to be said about that. I don't know what it is, but it's something to be said. Uh, <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge heading to Brooklyn to join the, twenty, let's say, 2014 Brooklyn All-Stars Um I tell you what, if this Brooklyn Nets team was in 2014, this would be the greatest team of all time. It would be something to behold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just oh, the absolute God. best team of all time. No question about it. It's definitely to the point now where I don't really care what they do for the rest of the season. If they're not in the finals, I'm pointing and laughing. Bruh. Because um, y'all did all of that and made all of that noise. Now, I will say... Um, as I anticipated, Blake has looked pretty good um, in his short stint thus far. Uh, we The dunk tracker is at 2 out of 10, good people. Uh, just so you know, I will continue to monitor the situation closely and update you. When he gets to 10 dunks, we will have a 3-in-1 party. Uh, I'm going live on some form of social media. We are going to have ourselves a field day. But he's doing what it is that uh, – that, we were expecting him to do there though. Five points, six rebounds, five assists, you know, in last night's game. That that's that's what you what you want. You on every night's not gonna be a night where you need fifteen from Blake. That's true. Um, Look, if I'm Detroit, I want an investigation. <laughs> listen, I want an listen, investigation. This brother looked like suits, whether it's false knees, we we're this, going to get it done. This brother looked like Moses Malone right now. The last, the last two years in Detroit over here, like, oh really? Oh, you got spry legs now, Moses. <laughs> you was averaging, oh, you was averaging one point and one rebound and no dunks, and all of a sudden you just okay. Man. I want an investigation. If I'm Detroit, I want an investigation. I want medical records. I want, I want it all. Listen, he already paid them doctors. <laughs> they, they don't exist no more. Those medical records been scrubbed. <laughs> All right, so um, we all know how you feel about LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Short answer, do you feel like he can help the Nets? 
logistically taking my feelings out of the equation for the mid-range guy, LaMarcus Aldridge, the answer is no. I still don't see what it is that he's going to do. Um, to be frank, I haven't watched a lot of Brooklyn Nets basketball. So when when the bench, you know, that comes into question, could they use some front court scoring? Sure. Would you, I think, prefer some scoring that is formidable either down low or can actually stretch, you know, like really stretch? Sure. But if you if you are looking for a 10 to 13 uh, foot specialist that can get it done, then, hey, they hit the jackpot, I guess. Mid-range God, Marcus Aldridge, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they need body. They need bodies, just to be honest. I mean, so warm people bodies. That, that, people that are, <laughs> that, that's the criteria. Basically, so they didn't have to turn Bruce Brown into to to Draymond Green, but even shorter. <laughs> okay, um, okay, okay. So, <laughs> that's um, I'm interested to see how these these minutes are gonna roll out because I feel like DeAndre Jordan might get the short end of the stick with some of these with these Which minutes start rolling to happen out. because he's he's the best big on the team. He should be. But this ain't this ain't your mama's DeAndre Jordan. This is your your young niece's DeAndre Jordan. Ain't quite the same. That's fine. It's it's better than the the mid range restricted Lamarcus Aldridge that you just picked up. You mean the pivot reverse pivot pivot pivot? <laughs> I really I, honestly, the more I think about Lamarcus Aldridge <laughs> on the spot, y'all are y'all are gonna hear me lose it. <laughs> I, I cannot I cannot stand. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just can't wait for NBA Finals. Lamarcus Aldridge hits a three. The Nets win the win, and we're just going to talk about he's going to be the 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 Rajon Rondo of this year's playoffs, and you just have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I am all ready to 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 eat my words, to eat crow if he ends up. Uh, I can't even finish that sentence because he's not. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see if he brings any value. Um, you know, if they're swarming Harden, KD, and Kyrie, you know, at the three-point line, LaMarcus will be there at the elbow. So great. Sure. I mean, which, who would you rather have at the elbow, DeAndre Jordan or LaMarcus Aldridge? Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go with Jeff Green. I'd rather have Jeff Green. Okay, yeah, uh, it is. Or him. <laughs> Bruce, I'm here for Bruce, Bruce Brown. I'm here for you, bro. Um, and then Andre Jarman to the Lakers, um, you know, Gives them a better option right now than Marcus Uh And I think, you know, gives them a boost defensively, offensively. It gives them, I mean, he, he just does weird offensive stuff that leads to points. He's kind of one of those it's annoying weird. guys. He doesn't really have a, like a real post game, but he's just strong. He can handle the ball and can get to the basket. And it's. Listen, it ain't got to go. It ain't got to be pretty. It's it just really got to go in. Um, but in the words of Charles Barkley, you know, if you want to win, win <laughs> oh gosh, uh, if you want to win, you got to have the ball. Yeah. Um, and he, at if nothing else, for whatever reason, he's an incredible rebounder. Um, and so giving just that much more, you lose the stretch appeal. Um, but you know, had last chance, hmm. But they didn't have that last year either in LA with Jamal and Dwight. That is true. So I mean, they've they've already retooled, you know, some aspects of the team with you know with Schroeder coming in and everything like that. But 
Um, now it's just time to to. I mean, you got to work in. You got to get some work to Andre Drummond um, mm-hmm. somehow and keep him engaged in offense, but also know he's going to be there on the boards. He said he's there to win, so we'll see. You just got to do what what um, what a lot of people have done with their bigs, um, and you know, go back to the Miami days with Chris Bosh. Pretty much every game, the first play of the game went to Chris Bosh. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get Chris going. He got the jumper, and then it was like, all right, now back to the regularly scheduled offense. Let's. <laughs> Chris didn't see, he didn't see a, a post play until the, until the late third quarter after that. <laughs> they did that in Houston with D- Dwight when it was him and James Harden. All right, yeah. first play of the game to Dwight. Thank you, Dwight, for your contributions. <laughs> now let's Cleveland, Cleveland with Kevin Love. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's I'm lamenting the fact that we didn't get to see Kevin Love and Andre Drummond get every he's another these are just two guys well Andre Drummond's bigger I get it but they could have really just dominated the boards and never given up a rebound ever in life um, yeah. so I'm lamenting we didn't get to see that but for the Lakers this allows them to play different ways you could play you know a little more a little bit more stretchy with um, Marcus Sol if you need a center who's going to pull the opposing center away. Um, from the paint and then give you, you know, he's only playing really, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game anyway, um, which is really, really what you're probably looking for in a backup center, especially when AD is going to play the majority of the center minutes in the playoffs. Yeah. But Drummond gives you that more traditional center, the guy that can bang with um, Nikola Jokic's with the Joel and Beads, those type of guys. Um, and then in, in other matchups where they don't have a true center, he'll be able to really um, dominate the boards um, and as Shaq and and uh, Charles like to say, get in the paint. Um, <laughs> and I think I think what what he'll really help is those is those second units, um, being able to have him and Schroeder kind of anchoring some of these units, um, and give some some scoring while LeBron and AD are off the floor. Um, and then you know, especially in this time when they're both hurt, you know, Drummond is a guy that can get a bucket, um, and so. I mean, the combination of him doing Drummond stuff and Montrez doing Montrez stuff and KCP doing KCP stuff, that's the kind of stuff that you need to win a championship, those those others. Um, and I, I, I think he's really coming into the situation with the right mindset, whatever it's going to take to win. Um, and I like that he's talking about defense. He's not, you know... Coming in, I'm you know I could dominate the point paint and do post moves. No, I'm just I'm coming point center. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I'm just I'm gonna come in and and with LeBron and AD as we know, it makes everybody else's jobs easier. Yeah. Um, and Drummond has never had players like that around him ever in his life. So I like the move, and I I, I really can't wait to see what they how they're going to implement him um, on the court. Yeah. Man. Uh, but let's go ahead and switch to the NFL. This would have been the leading story this this uh, this week, if not for the NBA trades. Um, big, big, big NFL draft news with the 49ers trading up to the uh, third overall pick for Miami. Um, busy. So, uh, Miami got the 12th pick out of that deal and then proceeded to trade the 12th pick and some other things for the sixth pick. So they're now going to be taking the spot from the Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Got some more draft picks and moved down to 12. Miami now at six. And the 49ers, my 49ers, are in the third spot. Um, yeah. And it it looks like we're, we're looking at a quarterback. And, um, you know, there's Matt Jones talk, but I think it honestly is going to come down to Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And 
I need to watch some Trey Lance film. I did not yep. think he would be in this conversation. I honestly don't know a lot about him, but other than that, he's an athlete and he's got a big has, has he snuck into this? Because I know we we didn't talk a whole lot about him. He may have gotten a couple mentions. Uh-huh. Um, and I, it wasn't just us. Yeah. And now it just seems like everybody went back to their articles, like back to the last couple months and just <laughs> edited and squeezed in Trey Lance in the in the in the running. But And um, that's the thing with, with these NFL mock drafts, you just get a whole bunch of it's it changes because you at first you're just talking about okay what player is the best and then when the picks come out okay this is the, what the team what we think fits well with the team and then you start talking to the team you're like well actually what they really want is this yeah <laughs> and then yeah. there's a trade and you're like okay now this guy makes sense so yeah. I mean I, I honestly I, I wish I had a more formed opinion on Trey Lance Justin Fields intrigues me I mean I feel like from a leadership standpoint from a physical profile he's everything that you want in a, in a modern NFL quarterback with the arm strength, with the athleticism. It looks like he's a good kid in the locker room, good leader. Um, you know, w- what he showed me in that Clemson game is that he's a guy that's willing to compete, willing to play at that high level and can, and can do what's necessary and can play with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. So um, right now that as a 49ers fan, I would love to see Justin Fields um, and, and take that, take that year to kind of learn the system. It looks like they're still committed to Jimmy G being the starter next year. And Justin can kind of come in, learn, grow, and be ready to take that 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 Patrick Mahomes type role in year two. But Trey Lance, I need to look and see. I, I honestly don't know a lot about him. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking if, if you went through that to trade up and get a guy, Jimmy G may be your six-game starter. Mm. But you might want to, you know, ease him in. Um, sooner than later, you know, see a situation hopefully not as muddy as what Tua uh, yeah. went through this this past season. But um, honestly, I, I think my question kind of is, if it is Trey Lance, did you have to move up to get him there? Yes. Because there's they, well, they were sitting at 12 and they, they were already, you know, projected to take him. If, you know, Mac Jones, Justin Fields will probably be taken off the board, what, 8-9, and nobody else is really looking at a quarterback from that – um from that three to, to 12 spot. But, but I think the team, I think the team they're worried about was Carolina. Um, Cause they, they got Teddy Bridgewater, but they don't have their guy yet. And so they've, they've been in some mocks, had them taking a, a, a first round quarterback and then a team trading up above them to get one of the quarterbacks before they yeah, got there. Yeah. Yeah. It makes um, sense. I mean, if you know your guy, what, what's the old adage when we're talking about the draft? If you know your guy and you have an opportunity to move to make sure mm-hmm. you get your guy, then you do it. So, yeah. um, no, no, no. I mean, I, I'm, I, if anything, I got to be honest, I say this about uh, the Yankees in baseball. Um, I say it about the Lakers and the Celtics in basketball. And I'll say it about the Niners in football. No, the league is better when they're good. I agree. The league is, the league is much more intriguing when they are when they're on the move and San Francisco is on the move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, They're definitely, if nothing else, it looks like they're all in for this season. That's why I, that's another reason I have a hard time with them uh, taking a guy that they're not going to use until, you know, year two, Mm -hmm. Um, because it seems like from their off season moves thus far, they're really looking at uh, advancing and and, and making some noise this year. So, I would I would love to see them get an impact player, uh, somebody who who they can immediately plug in, uh, that'll further their cause for right now. But um, if anything, it adds an interesting sense of intrigue. I did not think that we would be talking about quarterbacks going for the first three picks, but I mean, here we are. Here we yeah, are. Yeah, and I, 
Oh, the other team that um, Atlanta might be looking at a quarterback as well. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Very true. Um, that's another situation. But um, I mean, it's, it's it's the rookie scale quarterbacks. Everybody wants a rookie mm-hmm. scale quarterback. Um, you know, the teams that are successful that are winning, you know, outside of Tom Brady, do it with a rookie scale quarterback where they could invest money in, in other positions. And I think the 49ers, although they're a young team, they're ascending, they're starting to have these contracts come out where they've got to start giving out money. And so you want your quarterback to be at a lower number, younger quarterback who's, who's team controlled for longer. And that gives you a little bit more runway to build out the team. And so I, I kind of see the, the math. I kind of see the math there. Um, and then with Jimmy G, he's, he's injury prone. And we need, you know, if we're going to have a backup, why not have a backup that is going to be the long-term answer, not the guy that we're trying to stop gap, hold yeah. it together um, until, until we're, and last year we were down to our third string quarterback. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's a product of all of those things. Jimmy G's injury issues. Um, I think they're hoping for maybe a year where they can really showcase him. Um, and maybe new England steps up the offer and tries to yeah. get him. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, Jimmy G does well and they are in a good playoff position. And then, you know, next year when his contract has no guaranteed money, it's a lot easier to get off of him. So it's yeah. a lot of it's a lot of things to consider with them. But I think the big thing is they believe that their their future quarterback is in this draft. And so, you know, they're they're going to they're going to Trey Lance's workout and and to um, Justin Fields workout to get a closer look at these guys. And it's clear they want a mobile guy. I mean, I think that's the other thing too. They want a mobile guy, not a traditional drop back passer. Um, so yeah, as a 49er fan, I'm excited, but God, yeah. I hope we don't mess this up. I mean, I think the other interesting thing it does is it sets the market for, mm-hmm. um, for you know, exactly what, how, how much you can get back for one of these top picks. And so when you look at teams that have options like the New York Jets sitting at two, Mm-hmm. You don't absolutely have to um, take a quarterback right there. Uh, oh, I would love if to. they just love Penny Sewell and take him and then Zach Wilson comes down <laughs> the corner. I would love that. Yeah, man. I mean, and, you know, look at some of these other teams that might want to trade up, um, you know, to that position. But I can't imagine if they would trade up to two that they would not be trading up to take a Zach Wilson. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I, I have to keep a look and, and – Again, I will say this has been one of the most fun NFL off seasons to track. So y'all keep it locked here, um, three and one, because we we will definitely continue to keep our eye on what's going on in these markets. But these NFL streets is gonna be interesting. I'm, I'm I, I just bought my suit. I'm ready for the draft. Oh yes, and Ian will be live from live. the gun, from the gun. I mean the queue. I mean <laughs> Quick and Loans Arena. Um. <laughs> it's, it's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse now. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's actually going to be on the lakefront, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're doing outdoor. I think maybe next. They're doing it outside? I think it's outdoor near Brown Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I I have to confirm with my sources, my sauces. Yeah, get you. Get you. you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give give my sauces. Get your teams together. Um, Real quick. College basketball news. Um, so at the time of recording this, we have half of the Final Four. Um, Houston and Baylor, Battle of Texas on one side of the bracket. Um, you talked a lot about that Houston team. Um, they're just a, just a gritty just a gritty team. And like you look at their roster, it's a bunch of guys, positionless guards. You know, they got interchangeable guards. 
a lot of guys in that six foot four to six foot six, six foot seven range, and they just on defense they're just dogs. Yeah. Um, that that's going to be a fun matchup in the final four between them and Baylor. Davion Mitchell is playing at a really high level for Baylor. Um, but shout out to Houston and Baylor. Um, and then the big game tonight, which I don't want to spend too much time talking about because this will be outdated by the time this comes out. <laughs> um, I can't wait for this Gonzaga USC game. Oh, I It'll can't so wait good. for this game. I wish it was a Final Four game. I wish we could get both of them in the Final Four. But man, it should be a really good, a lot of high level talent in that game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to it, especially. You know, I've been really high on um on you know the stars of these teams. Um, you know, for uh for Houston, you know, Sasser and Grimes, who you know they they did lead them in scoring in that last game. I kind of don't want to highlight Sasser because five of nineteen, woof, yeah, that's rough. But you know, got the job done. But uh, these guys, you know, USC with Mobley brothers. Um, but I think what, what we saw in their last, that win against Oregon is that they had the others. I mm. mean, that was a win by committee. And so that, that's the stuff that makes it really, really exciting to watch. Um, like you said, Houston, just, they, they have very NBA type style, positionless basketball, everybody mm. switching, so on and so forth. Um, and when, when you just got teams making well-rounded efforts, I think that's what it would take to beat Gonzaga. You got to be able to hit them from all sides. Yeah. Um, and I think down low, uh, Gonzaga won't be able to just waltz around and get. I mean, they they've just been having their way <laughs> inside mm-hmm. and inside. Yeah. Guys. So I don't think that would be the case in this game. So it's gonna test their metal. Like you said, that's the highlight game for me. Shout out yeah. to Jawan, everything going on in Michigan. But I'm definitely gonna be watching that that Zags USC real close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll maybe we'll do a little insta take about that. Maybe one of us will do an insta take on that this week. Mm-hmm. So look out for that. Um, last little bit of uh, last little bit of of college basketball news from the coaching front. Um, Indiana hired Mike Woodson, former Knicks head coach and current Knicks assistant coach, which is weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Shaka Smart left Texas to go to Marquette. Um, two new black coaches. Whoop whoop. Um, any one of these moves interest you or move the needle for you? Uh, it was that part for me. Both of them, mm-hmm. black coaches. Um, Mike Woodson taken to the – what do they grow in Indiana? Is it cornfields? Uh, everything out of the ground. Yeah. But. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, that's 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 dope to see. And they, they've had recent um, uh, other black hires, but Mike Woodson definitely adds some profile as an alum uh, coming back there. Um, I think he'll be able to shake some things up, and and again, you know, Indiana, I I, I like to see them be good, and so hopefully they can get back uh, to some of their winning ways. It's been a while since they've won, uh, definitely a while since they won a national championship, but we haven't seen them in the tournament since 2016. So, mm-hmm. um, no, honestly, man, both of these guys, you you wish them the most success. Of course, we know Shaka Smart, uh, his success at VCU, uh, not so much at Texas. Uh, they had a really tough, you know. Um, I think I can't remember if I had them coming out of their region, mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah, they. I think you did. Uh, I, I can't. I, I I think you had. Oh, Texas. Texas? Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. 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 Um, so they they hurt, definitely disappointing. Me. We we had high hopes for them, and so high profile addition from Marquette. Um, a name that we've not, you know, after making it to the Final Four for a string of years, we've, we've not really heard too much about them. So 
I can't I can't pick one or the other, Malcolm. I'm just mm-hmm. excited that we're seeing brothers get opportunities that unfortunately they're not getting in the NBA. Um, but you know, these college teams that they seem to recognize worth on the coaching level. Uh, I don't want to say regardless of color because it's the NCAA, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know they seem to recognize worth enough to invest in uh, in these programs that I think these guys are going to elevate. Um, yeah, this Mike Woodson thing is interesting. Um, obviously, NBA guy, been in the NBA for for many years, but he's also a part of the Bob, Bob Knight coaching tree. Yep. Um, and so, weirdly enough, I just recently watched the Bob Knight. 30 for 30 documentary which was if you've not, if you haven't seen it the full story is is just crazy and and sad but um they've been trying to recreate the bob knight magic for years bringing in tom cream they thought that was the answer they brought in kevin sampson they thought that was the answer and for a while it almost was the answer um until he you know did some illegal stuff recruiting wise um archie miller was supposed to be the next hot coach that didn't that didn't land so they've been trying to recreate that that indiana magic for the last several years and they go through little runs where they've the you know uh cody zeller um victor oladipo even back to the Jarrett jeffrey days um but it hasn't been consistent so what i'm hoping for mike is that he comes in here that these these top level talent guys see um an nba guy come in who can give them the path to the next level and you yeah. can get some good recruits and put some good teams together because Mike Woodson is a really good coach. He was good with the Knicks. He's been good for a long time. And so um, him and Shaka both. Shaka is an, another great coach who who just is able to really put together really good teams that run his system. And so hopeful that both of them in those situations can uh, can get winning soon. Yeah, I, no, it was interesting. I was looking uh, now. His Mike Woodson is going to be – on campus, not out recruiting. I think that's that's mm. part well, of the description of what it is. He's a, um, yeah, his position. It was that was a little weird to me. What Mike? What, I'm confused. What is it? What happened? Um, yeah, it said that he was uh going to be uh, on campus, non recruiting. Was was kind of going to be where he uh? Let me get the actual quote. Mm. But it was strange to read. Um, well, I think. I, I will say at a certain – I don't think Coach K is out there hitting the pavement. I mean, he really relies on his assistants to do that. Like, a lot of these okay. – well, That's true. Yes, that is true. Uh, but the head coaches, for the most part, aren't the ones – they they might go on to – like, they're, they're going to go see Zion. They're going to go see, like, the big guys. But they're not coming out here to see the three-star. Hey, uh, Coach Woods, we got this uh, two-and-a-half-star out of Oregon. That's nice. So let me know when you get back. <laughs> uh, on campus, non-recruiting. Slot. Okay. So that'll be interesting. I mean, he's he's talked about bringing in some names to kind of help some. I think Fad Mata, um, if he's not already on uh, signed on, he is one of the one of the guys that they're thinking about bringing in. Um, he's definitely going to need some help with the college game. It's it is a little different than the NBA. But Fad Mata, I mean, you would talk about a guy who's recruited at a high level. Um, Thad Mata knows how to do that. Now, whether he does that at this stage of his career is the is the question. Yeah. Um, and, and please get that man a towel if he's going to be out there recruiting people. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's. Uh, that's about all that we can talk about today, guys. I want to talk more college basketball, but by the There's time so this comes much. out, 
there's so much but by the time we talk about it it will you it will have already happened and <laughs> that's just a waste for all of you guys um so we're gonna get to our parting words um ian give us your parting words tonight uh, i want to shout out the uh the women of the university of connecticut um as they have advanced once again into the um I believe they're in the final, yeah, final four for the uh, for the women's tournament. Um, mm-hmm. Connecticut, always fun to see them dominate. Always fun to see uh, what Gino is able to cook up um, with that program. And so, um, yeah, man, as I'm trying to challenge myself to make sure I'm watching more uh, of the women's game, um, UConn is just one of those staples. I, I hope for these programs to grow in profile. It's been a very interesting, very uh, – tumultuous you know uh, tournament a lot of intrigue a lot of news stories about things outside of basketball unfortunately um you know just hopes and prayers is that uh that these women really get to enjoy this process enjoy this moment as they ascend you know and they keep advancing so uh for all of the ncaa talk that we do um Mm -hmm. we do touch on women's basketball here at three and one Um, yeah women's basketball champions hey um, just encourage everybody to, you know, just continue supporting them as well. You know, as, as we're watching the men's game, recognize that these ladies are playing some solid balls, just watching some games last night. And it is it is it is so fun fundamentally to watch um, that that grade of basketball. So, you know, let, let's let's for the purists out there, especially let's make sure we keep supporting them. Yes. And uh, yeah, shout out to that. That Baylor UConn game was was great. Really controversial into <laughs> that game. People were really. Um, talking about that a lot on social media last night. Um, and also shout out to Kim Mulkey, Coach Baylor, who uh, said Baylor. they should get rid of all testing for the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. COVID is over. Woo. We won. We're the final. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. It's time to party. I'm over uh, it if y'all are. <laughs> um, my parting words. So I recently have been going on a 30 for 30 binge on ESPN, watching documentaries, talked about the Bob Knight one I watched. Um, and then I watched Requiem for the Big East, um, story about how the Big East got started, their rise to fame. And so my parting words are going to go to John Thompson, uh, former head coach of Georgetown. I just, just watching that and seeing the history of the Big Ten and then how how John Thompson was able to develop Georgetown, not just into a good team, but into a juggernaut. Um, in the Big East and nationally, did it his own way, unapologetically black, but didn't rest on that fact either. He wanted to be known not as a black coach, but as a great coach. But he did it in a way that was that made black people all over the country Georgetown fans. I remember being a Georgetown fan, never lived in D.C., just because I remember seeing John Thompson, Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson, those guys there. And I, it felt... It felt like HBCU when you watched them play, even though it absolutely is not. Um, and so it, it made me, watching that documentary made me wonder, like, man, do we have a definitive John Thompson documentary? And there's actually one in the works right now. Um, nice. Um, and so I'm really excited to see that. John Thompson has such a great story, such an inspiration to not just black coaches, but coaches in general and people of color. Um just to have pride in yourselves and to do your job at a high level. So shout out to John Thompson. That's my parting words. Rest in peace to Big John. And and that is the end of our show this week. From 
Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself, international, Ian Lamont Morgan. Hugh Jackson, go away, nobody's reading your book. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to need to be a topic next week. Uh, <laughs> and here in the capital city, it's your boy, they call me the Black Gino Oriamo, because you might as well just pencil me in championship. It's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. This has been the 301 Podcast. We'll see you all next time.